This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Gusto, modern, easy payroll benefits for small businesses across the country. And because you're a listener, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. Find out at gusto.com slash tape. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jans. My guest today is Jason Vandeboom. He is the CEO and founder of the CRM and marketing automation platform known as Active Campaign. And we're going to talk about uh, how CRM and how relationship building and how email marketing and marketing automation have changed uh, for the better. And uh, Jason's going to talk about some of the things they are doing there at Active Campaign. So, Jason, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So, you know, marketing automation has been with us for a while, and it certainly was a real boon, I think, for a lot of folks that were were at least attempting to, you know, kind of help drive the funnel or drive people down the funnel or whatever the term that they used for it. Uh, but it's it's really not that personal, or at least in the traditional way. I think a lot of people have found a lot of ways to abuse it. Let's put it that way. So what what is your take yeah. on, on marketing automation space in general right now? Yeah, I think uh, if you look in, in the past, it started from a good place, uh, saving time, maybe personalizing experiences and whatnot. But ultimately, the focus has been so much on kind of the time savings, uh, replacing uh, humans uh, as much as possible. Um, and that leads to experiences that are less than ideal. Also, as an industry, we always talk about personalization. We talk about highly personalized to the contact level. But then when we look at what you can build within marketing automation platforms, it's oftentimes personalization doesn't mean personalization by the individual. It means a grouping of people or a segment of people uh, getting these unique experiences. Um, so that makes them not actually that unique at all uh, because there's so many other uh, contacts or customers going through that same workflow. Well, and I, and I think there's no question that at least the, you know, you go to the conferences today and everybody's talking about personalization, personalization. And I think that, um, I think for some people it's not gone beyond, hey, first name, here's my email. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and and I think that that's the nut we have to crack, isn't it? I mean, it's great to talk about personalization, but how do we do it? I, I started the show off talking about um, customer experience automation and predictive sending. Um, so let's just lay that out. I mean, how does that work that's any different than designing campaigns, so to speak? Sure. Yeah. And I think there's those two focuses. It's the bringing humans in at the right time and then functionality that, that, that can be developed on and predictive sending is a good example of that, where instead of thinking about messaging that's delivered at the same time for a group of individuals, um, really learning from the contact level, um, when is the best time, and not just when is the best time to open, but when is the best time for someone to uh, be willing or open to um, respond to the engagement from the brand. Let me stop you right there because I just want to clarify that. So how would, how would so let's say we send out, you know, we have this list. We think they all, you know, care about the same thing or they care about the same product. And, yep. and we send them an email or something that explains a new offering. I mean, how would then timing be changed? Would it be changed based on the behavior that how they interacted or didn't interact or what they did would, would actually automatically sort of put them in another timing? Yeah. So a couple different things. If you don't know a lot about them, then we have to go to baseline ideas uh, that have been done in the past of just like, overall time zone, overall characteristic compared to other contacts that 
and kind of follow the same attributes and whatnot. But then as you get a better understanding of that individual, uh, the timing should change. And so predictive sending is very much about uh, a message going out, right? But where we're going with that as well is not just like in terms of a message, but think about predictively figuring out the optimal time for a sales rep to reach out. So really finding that blend of like automation and human touch um, because timing plays such a key role um, with most any sales process and also post-sale process uh, of getting someone to actually see value out of whatever you're selling. So another thing that's very common is is we'll have an ebook. It has a great promise, a great message in it. People want to get it. But just because they downloaded that, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean I mean, they they were solving a different problem. They were in a different stage of their their journey or searching. I mean, how do we then kind of take this thinking and say, okay, let's add what we think they need in terms of content? I mean, how do we actually so not just send different timing, but maybe yeah. different content altogether? Um, is is that part of kind of the new norm? Yeah. No, I think that's something that has been been talked about for years and years and years and it's ultimately fallen into the idea of just like uh then you use split testing or something like that right split testing on emails is nothing new uh split testing within an automation workflow um is something we've had for quite some time and and some others have, have started to grow their own versions of that but ultimately that still is trying to figure out like one solution that's going to work well for everyone or for a for a group or for a segment of contacts, when in reality, what we should be thinking about is within that content of the message, whether it be an email, whether it be on another channel, um, determining based on that individual contact, um, what type of content would work best and not necessarily trying to find the number one um, winner across a variety of options. Um, so doing that for messaging um, is very much, uh, that's kind of where we're spending a, a bunch of time right now. Uh, and then also, taking the concepts and fundamentals of like split testing um, actual workflows, um, but doing that in a way where it's not split testing to some singular end result, um, but actually finding the right paths and the right content uh, by the individual contact. And so the implication, if we're going to use the word automation here, is that I'm not just sitting here with a giant spreadsheet of all my split tests and plugging in data and then redirecting or re-messaging the, the idea here is that there's an automation aspect of that exactly yeah and that there's an intelligence uh built in where to try to create those like right now it's very static experiences that you have to try to create to create these personalized you know uh workflows um instead of having to build out you know thousands tens of thousands of workflows to try to get that granularity of personalization um that trust can be enabled within a platform uh to help you get there Faster. For those that aren't familiar with the the back end or workings of Active Campaign, uh, they they use uh, something they call automations to where you can kind of drag and drop, you know, do this, do, then do that. If they do this, you know, do that. So, h- how yeah. with that really really brief <laughs> explanation, how yeah. how is now um, how is the artificial intelligence that's being built into here in the decision making process? I mean, how's that change that kind of drag and drop approach? Yeah, so the approach is still there. It just provides that's the general theme of a direction. Meaning, um, a, a good way of thinking about automations is just thinking about a flowchart. You have a, you have a stop. You have a start with your flowchart. That's typically the trigger. Something happens to create the automation, uh, and then you have a sequence of events, like you said. And then the only time you have actually different experiences. 
um, would be if you have like if and else's. So like if an action occurs, then do something. Otherwise, go down a different path. And that's how you create that like tree looking uh, uh, situation within a flowchart, right? Um, so taking that, but making the actual paths uh, vary by the contact um, and the independent timing between those actions whether it be sending a message or when's the optimal time to get sales or customer success involved. Um, and then also within the content. So you're personalizing the paths, you're personalizing the actual content, you're personalizing the timing, creating a really, going from a static experience that everyone sort of, you know, hits all those checkboxes at the same time with the same content uh, to something that is far more dynamic and, and individual uh, to the individual contact. And so then is the software platform merely making recommendations to me as the user that, hey, we're seeing you know this or or this format of content is getting all the play. You ought to move this direction or is it just automatically making those alterations for me? Yeah. So we believe that nobody would really trust it out of the box if it was just like, we're going to make all the decisions for you. So instead of that, like you still know your business more than anyone else at the end of the day. Um, so you probably know your customer profile, you know what will probably work one way or the other. So allowing you to kind of set that up and then choose um, as you gain more and more confidence with the platform, what you want to allow the platform to play around with. So whether it be the timing aspect or if you want to, you like the idea of personalized content, um, you don't necessarily want to split test it and you want it to actually be a little bit more dynamic by the contact, allowing you to sort of enable um, these different pieces um, as you gain more and more trust. Now, we're also working on ways where we can make suggestions, um, things that you know maybe are not thought of today, or maybe you have automations that are currently running, and we're seeing something with the data that just you know maybe you haven't uh, analyzed quite yet, um, or or just something that may not make sense outside of what the data actually tells, uh, and to surface some of those as recommendations, but still then allowing that allowing that business owner or that marketer uh, to choose to opt in on some of those things. Eventually, the idea is it should not, like a, a true platform, a true platform that's focused on CX automation shouldn't feel like a tool. It should feel more like a business partner. It should feel like it's actually adding value, uh, enabling you to do more. Everyone loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? That's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal. It's modern. You might fall in love yourself. Hey, and as a listener, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. So try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash tape. That's gusto.com slash tape. So one of the things that I think a lot of business owners struggle with, obviously, is you know you, you hear about a platform like this and you think, oh, this, this is great. This is going to do all the work for me. But yeah. in reality, if, if we don't set our businesses or our lead capture processes up on the front end, Right. I mean, it's probably not going to collect anything that you can do anything with. So what yeah. are some best practices for, say, routing and segmenting and, and you know, capturing somebody enough data about somebody so that we can kind of understand, you know, what bucket to put them in even? Yeah. So a couple of things. I would say one error on capturing uh, more data than you may even think you need right now um, by having that captured and having that captured historically. 
allows you to actually be able to do something in the future. Um, the other thing, I would spend a lot of time um, not so much thinking about tactically how you're going to cause a conversion or how you're going to cause certain actions to take place, but what are those key pieces? Uh, like what are those key conversions that you care about? Sometimes that's obvious, like it's actually purchasing the product or whatnot. But then with your own like insight and knowledge into like going back to like, you know, your business more than anyone else or any other platform from a different you know vantage point. What are those influencers you think that may assist along the way? Like what are those key points where someone starts to find value and whatnot? And that isn't always like a quantitative sort of uh, thinking. Oftentimes it's much more qualitative in the way of um, you just think something has some sort of a, a weight to it. Um, where all of a sudden they start seeing the value, they become a little bit more hooked with the product or service you're offering. When you start figuring out what those are, then you can build out more tactical execution as to how do you drive more of that behavior and how do you drive ultimately to that conversion. But if, if you're not thinking about those and if you're not thinking about the key conversion events, you're really just going to struggle quite a bit. And there's nothing that can really help because everything has to work to some end goal. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that I've always struggled with, frankly, is I have I have a couple very unique segments, um, and if I, you know, and some listeners are probably going to say, "Yeah, you're not doing this well," but if, if I have, they they need very different messages, but it's not always obvious who they are. I know that sounds really vague, but but you know, how hard is it in that kind of initial? Hey, here's a piece of content that you found, you know really um, compelling. You wanted to yep. give me your email address, but now I want to know who you are. And, you know, common wisdom is, hey, just get the email address and, you know, don't put any more friction up. But by taking that path, I'm also not learning how to serve them. Yep. So, so, yeah, so, so help me out. What's, what's, the, what's the best practice for, should once somebody gives that and they get the content, should we immediately go to asking them, to, to sort of self-identify? I think it's a couple of things. One, I do believe in the less is more upfront to get the process going. So maybe you just start with that email address. Based on that, ideally your first couple of pieces of content or first messages going out have some clear, like uh, like if it's actual content that's enabling um, something, there's a couple of different varieties in there. So based on engagement with that, um, you can classify. And don't just treat it as like there's a link click or something like that and now you know uh, that someone is something you can, you could set maybe a tag or something to that contact. Um, so you have a general understanding, but then trying to find different ways, um, just basic like profiling of, of, as they take more action over time to get something, uh, either from their action, um, or them to fill something out additionally in the future. Um, but it also goes back to just kind of testing overall because there's the, what content are they interested in? which I think a lot of people focus on. And there's the, how do they actually like to consume the content? Um, which I think more people need to focus on sooner than later. And that could be simple as like, uh, some people like to uh, consume heavy content versus like more of a cliff note style um, and a bunch of different um, similar types of uh, variations. But I think that piece, um, focusing on both, both at the same time in small iterations, not trying to get it all at once, um, is probably the best path forward. So, so let's um, let's outline just kind of a very typical use case. It's uh, really common these days to have a uh, in, an indoctrination series. So, somebody is new to you. They come and they say, "Hey, I like what you're doing here. I want to get this checklist. 
get on your list, you know, start getting stuff from you. And then we kind of, we kind of drip out typically been, you know, written as an automation, uh, you know, maybe we put two days or three days between, you know, each and we drip out what we think will be, you know, useful information in a sequence that maybe over 45 or 60 days, they should know, assuming they read it all, a lot more yep. about us. How would, how would that very common practice um, be changed in a CX automation predictive sending way? Sure. So for one, instead of having a single piece of content each step of the way, um, ultimately having the ability to have uh, multiple versions but not testing for a single source of truth. Um, so as you have a better understanding of both what types of content they're looking to consume but how they want to consume it, um, it can start personalizing to that behavior. Um, additionally, that there's different uh, types of people for consuming the content and maybe different levels of maturity, if you will, or want for consumption in terms of timing. Um, so based on interaction, uh, uh, based on um, if we can start grouping things up based on attributes that are known prior, um, even if they're anonymous attributes, such as like uh, pages they visited, sources, things like that, um, to possibly accelerate that um, entire process that you're talking about. Um, but to do both of those things at more of a individual level, um, instead of just trying to get like the one overall. And I think that's the theme of where things are going in the future is it, all too often in the past, we've really tried to optimize for this one overall, you know, workflow, this one overall, like drip, uh, you know, set of emails that overall is the best. Um, but we're leaving a lot on the table by um, really having to just focus on the overall instead of thinking about it uh, at a far more personalized level. So, so the typical sort of person that actually is very engaged, ready to solve their problem, they want to consume the content in five days instead of five weeks would get that experience because they demonstrated that behavior. Yes. But, but then ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, trying to get all of this to tie to like going back to those those key pieces that you know that are going to be drivers for your conversions and your absolute uh, your, your actual conversions as well. Because um, at the end of the day, that's what we should all be optimizing for is those known sort of uh, events or transformative moments where they're actually converting. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, of how we deliver them to that event. Exactly. Great. So what's in the future then? I know we're talking about stuff that is new and uh, yeah. people are still wrapping their heads around, but I'm guessing that you've roadmapped uh, an evolution of this even. Yeah, so quite a bit. Um, and it all revolves. There's there's a lot more to do with timing. Um, when you start thinking about when humans are involved in, in any form of a process, the timing is so critical, whether it be a phone call or, or reach outs and whatnot. Um, so really digging into that further. Uh, the content piece, um, we're just sort of scratching the surface of. We're, we're, we're investing quite a bit into that right now. Um, making it truly personalized content um, where we're not just testing to a single uh, end result. Um, but really the best uh, variation and trying to get predictive content um, across channels as well and not just restricted to just email. Um, and then there's the, these, these, the concept of like dynamic routing. And, and so like we have, you know, as marketers, we create these funnels and whatnot that you've been describing. And they're not like, you know, normally just thought up of from nothing. They're, to your point, like it's well thought out, been, been doing these for quite a while. Um, and so allowing a marketer to create a couple of these, uh, and then dynamically placing context down them, 
um, but not necessarily testing for the single one answer, but finding the optimal one. After that, it's very much about how do we take all these practices and provide predictions and, ha- and provide ideas. Um, so seeing all the data, seeing all the movement, doing these personalizations and whatnot, we should be able to predict more and more. So even as you start off as a marketer using a platform, um, you should be able to get guidance as to like, here's something, here's a, here's a recipe um, for a sequence of events that we think would improve sales by X or save in a Y number of hours. Um, building off how do you make more and more of these predictions and how do you actually follow up with the outcome? Uh, that's ultimately where we're looking to go. Of course, it means you have to pay attention to what's actually going on behind the scenes, doesn't it? And I, yeah. I, I mean that sort of facetiously, but sort of not. <laughs> because it's not a matter of setting these things up if you're not going to analyze them and um, exactly. and learn from them, then you know you, yeah. you probably won't get uh, nearly as much out of them. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, I know people can find all they want about Active Campaign at activecampaign.com. But are, are you, uh, this is uh, June of 2019, so depending upon when people are listening to this, are you uh, uh, doing conferences or any kind of roadshow or anything that people need to know about? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm at a couple of things in the upcoming months. I think uh, Traction is the next conference I'll be at. Um, otherwise, we have, we're doing over 200 uh, marketing events this year throughout the world. Um, where we're really talking about marketing strategy and whatnot uh, and helping people grow their business. Uh, that can be found at activecampaign.com events.com slash events. Um, and then other than that, anyone uh, wanting to reach out, it can always be reached at jason at activecampaign.com. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, run into you next time I'm up in the Chicago area. Sounds good. Thank you. 